All right, guys, welcome to One Size Fits None. This is Austin, and today we thought we would do something a little bit different, and that is interview Sweb, Stephen P. Webb. And <laughs> it's going to be incredible because uh, some of you may know him, and then some of you may not know him, and his story, how he got here, and how he's helping, you know, church planters. I know I met Sweb in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, man, a decade ago. A decade ago. It's probably Panera. a decade ago. <laughs> and uh, at the Roanoke campus of Elevation Church, which we'll yeah. get into that. Sweb started 102 different campuses for them, <laughs> and they're all just blowing and going. And so we met, and he immediately connected with my eventual wife, Sarah, and I, and bought us lunch and um, known him since then. He's like I said, from Elevation, and that's probably where people know him the most. But since then, he's actually, in my opinion, made as much or more of an impact in serving church planters, churches, campuses, all the above, and coaching, consulting, and um, just telling people what they need to hear that they may not want to hear. And so <laughs> that's is. one of my that's favorite right. things about Sweb, <laughs> pioneer, builder, I think you have it tattooed on you, right? That you're a builder. Is that right? I have a I have a hammer tattoo on my forearm right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So he's got the hammer tattoo, and he wants to come to your church and beat you up <laughs> so, in the best possible way. So we're gonna get into a conversation with Sweb today, and a conversation about him and where he comes from, how he's helped us as a church plant, heart and soul, and um, yeah, it's gonna be incredible. So Sweb. Yeah. We tell the people just a little bit about yourself as far as your family. You got 42 kids to go 42. along with the 42 campuses. Yeah, dude, or... and a puppy. And a puppy. No, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm joining you today from the amazing Austin, Texas, uh, because we are, we're, my wife and I both born and raised in Texas, not Austin specific, but um, but born and raised in this, um, this great land. And um, I do have a wife of of just over 15 years, Lauren, and then my son, Stellan, and my daughter, Summer. He's seven, she's 10, and their birthdays are coming up next month, and so they're on the way up, and that just makes me older. Um, no puppy, by the way, <laughs> and no, not 42 kids. Um, I, I, uh, I was at the doctor uh, real quick after the second kid was born. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I, I love kids, but I just need to, mainly because I'm not that good of a dad or a superhero. The, the moms and dads out there with four five and six kids and God bless those people. I love you that you can do that. I can't do that. So, um, but uh, yeah, so born and raised in, in, in Texas, most of our life was spent in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And then we did a tour, which I know we'll get to later. We went from there to Denver, to Charlotte, to Orlando, and then we said, hey, let's go back to Texas. And then this time we just kind of rolled the dice and landed in Austin just for the, you know, for no other reason. And it's just in the middle of the state. So, so that is, um, is, that's us, man. So, yeah. Based out of Austin, Texas. Okay. So this is a church planting podcast. So are you raising yeah. your kids to be church planters or be <laughs> a part of church planting teams? Dude, that's a really good question, actually. That's really like, I guess if you're... Maybe there are people out there doing that. I think it's seven and ten. No, I'm not. However, I do raise my kids very intentionally from the beginning to be builders. It's um, and not not just carpenters in the literal sense. Although that's also true. Like, hey, we're going to be handy. We're going to be resourceful and all that. Um, but hey, like uh, you know, some people, for example, will say, uh, "Well, that's just the way the world is." And then the other, the, there's another side of that coin, which is the world is what you make it. And I mm. tend to be on the world is what you make it side of it. And, um, and so I am training my kids 
in, in so many different ways and in, in words that way. I, I will say this though. Um, my, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, I think about where we're headed in this conversation, but when I was at elevation, that's when our kids were born. Uh, so our kids were both born and, and kind of started their lives in Charlotte and they started, they were born when I was doing the expansion job of growing campuses outside the city of Charlotte, which I think is mm-hmm. more re- relevant and related to church planting than campus planting. And again, I know we'll yeah. get to that. So that being said, um, as my kids got older and started to learn, you know, English <laughs> and understood that daddy was going out of town for whatever reason, um, yeah. I would make sure to tell them, Hey, I'm going to go build, uh, a kid's ministry for them. Like you have at your church, that kind of a conversation. And then as they got even older than that, I said, this is what the webs do. The webs build the church. And then yeah. as we moved to Florida for building the church, I said, Hey, we're moving to Florida because the webs build the church. And then when we moved to Austin, we moved to Austin and we're both self-employed. We could move to Austin from, for whatever, whatever reason we want to. But then as we joined the church, we joined here. I made sure to let them know, Hey, this is what we do. We come in, we join a church. We, we give our all to it because the webs build the church. So in that context, yes, I do say, Hey, this is what our family's mm-hmm. called to, which I would suggest on some level, every family's called to that. But, yeah. um, but from the, from the more literal sense or like more focused aspect, no, I don't, I'm not telling them to be church planters, but it's always <laughs> going to be, it's always going to be an option for them. Yeah. Uh, and then if they want to do it, I'll definitely have a hot take on how, how to do it when they get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. They, I mean, <laughs> can you imagine will be so prepared? <laughs> he will be. Oh, he, he will so be. much, so much. So when, when your kids, when you cut your kids, like hopefully you don't cut your kids, but they bleed orange then. I mean, they were like born and raised in elevation country. It sounds like. Dude, that's but we'll a, get that, to that in a little bit. We'll get to that. I would say yes and no. They, they, okay. they, they understand where they came from to an extent. Yes. But, but not so much to where they can't bend and be flexible and nimble and understand that you can graduate from that. That's not the end all be all. Yeah. Well, that's so. one of the things that I also just like, as an aside, I really love about you is that like one of the things you've said is like, don't drink the Kool-Aid, you know, right. like you, you were there, you've seen yeah. it all happen and do things that other places just don't happen. But also let's not drink the Kool-Aid. Like it can yeah. get better. So yeah, that's right. That's great. So you're also a PK. Yeah. And preacher's kid. So that's yeah. fun. Well, um, and hang on. So there's a, a there's a little nuance to that that if if okay. you if you if you are the version of a PK I am, you'll understand that there's a difference. But actually my mom and dad were music ministers in the Southern Baptist Church for oh, that years. That doesn't count, man. Exactly. So my <laughs> they dad were in the church. <laughs> my dad was the uh he became a, a senior pastor, preacher in that traditional title, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, actually when I was in high school or a senior in high school, I had actually, matter of fact, just graduated when he, when he did that. So, and he planted a church and all that stuff. So, but for actually my whole childhood or whatever, growing up all the way till about 18 years old, he was actually the music minister, which is always essentially the number two guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. but also the black sheep, he's <laughs> the guy that would take the organ out of the uh, big pit over there and put drums in it. And then of course, everybody's yeah. like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that. Wait, is he not wearing a tie on Sunday night? What in the <laughs> we world? We worship the devil here. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually where I came from. And so yeah. I, so if I'm any sort of a, a black sheep or have any sort of that kind of like rebel, um, in me from a church standpoint, I, I, no apologies and no, what is the word? No qualms about it or whatever. I mean, I kind of learned some of that from my dad of like, Hey, we're gonna go build the church, but we might not yeah. always fit into what certain committee or deacons, <laughs> you know, what, what <laughs> they, whatever more, they're drinking. Does that make you more critical of like the, the music side? So like when you are traveling, does that make you 
more critical of that? Yeah. Or so see it in a different light? I wouldn't say critical. Yeah. It just, it helps me to, I know what I'm talking about a little bit more. Sure. So yeah. I've, you know, I've run sound before, uh, and actually made money at doing that. And I've done, you know, stage and production type of things. And of course I've sung and lead, led worship a little bit and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. So when I'm planting, uh, a campus, which is directly under me at a certain time, or if I'm coaching mm-hmm. somebody like you, at least I can, you know, speak with some sort of working knowledge to the worship side rather than just have an opinion. No offense to any pastor that doesn't have any sort of musical lean. Obviously that's fine, but it does help me come in and say, listen, I I hear what you're saying. I hear your pushback, but I've kind of lived with worship leaders for 20 years. My brother still does that to this day. And so, so yeah, that definitely does help for sure. And I can appreciate also the effort and the talent and the art, the artistry side of it that goes into it. Uh, Cause it can't just be, you know, cause you got the uneducated again, I'm not saying that in a kind of a, I'm not saying that in an offensive way. I'm just saying you got the pastor that has no idea about worship, production, yeah. music, all those things. Just say, I just need you to sing songs for 20 minutes and then hand it to me. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, we can do that, but then, you know, I can understand the tension that exists from the worship leader side of it saying, Hey, that, that, that doesn't actually mm-hmm. help us either. So yeah, I, yeah. I do enjoy yeah. having that exposure. So how old were you when you said your dad started a church, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How old were you when that happened? And you were involved in that too, yeah. right? So well, I was did... involved because I still lived in his house. He he came to me okay. in um in 96. So I'm a junior in high school. So for everybody's doing math right now, I'm about to be 43 at this recording. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, 96, he came and said, hey, I think we're going to start a church. And with some other friends and, you know, some other people and all that stuff. And, um, and we were part Wait, of it. Were rel- you, were you swab like you are now then? No, when, when I he was came never said Like, like, nope. you, I think we're going to start a church where you like, Hey, listen, uh, <laughs> <laughs> go full uh, on. Yeah. I was like, well, here's, here's seven points about how to do it correctly. <laughs> um, here's, here's four things you shouldn't do. Um, no, yes and no. Hang on. Let me get to that. That's funny. But at 90, okay. 96, I'm in junior high school and he said, we're going to start a church. And I said, Hey, okay, great. Whatever. We'll see. Um, I don't remember being like super giddy, but I also don't remember, remember being disappointed other than the fact I was at a, a decently sized church. My girlfriend was there. All of our friends from school were there, yada, yada. And then we're going to go start a church 30 minutes away where we had just moved from. So there was some mm-hmm. of that weird, just geographical tension, if you will, but that that's it. But then, um, then the church launched my senior high school Easter Sunday or the week before Easter of 97. And I graduated a couple months later and then went off to college and this stuff. So I was very much an active part of it while we started the thing. And then I went off to college for about 20 minutes and then came back and still helped <laughs> and then eventually worked on his staff. And, it, you know, the rest is history to an extent there. But um, but yeah, I do have I, I remember for a long time because I my dad didn't have the same intentional conversation with me that I've had with my kids, meaning we build the church. Uh, at the same time though, we were very involved. Like we, my, yeah. my brother and I would spend the days like during the summer, my mom needed to go to church office to do stuff with all the staff or whatever they're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and back then it's like doing transparencies and clip art into different bulletins yeah. and whatnot. It's just yeah. a different world. <laughs> Overhead projectors. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so me and my brother would go spend the day there. Like we, we understood what it was like that this is just, this is just our life. Um, it wasn't something my dad would go to clock in, clock out, come back home to, mm-hmm. or come, come back home from. So, so to that to that end, yes, I understood a lot about church and kind of the ins and outs. I knew what frustrated my dad. Therefore, I knew what frustrated me and, and my mom. My mom was the active part. I know I keep saying my dad, but my mom was a very active yeah. part, still is. Um, so, yeah, I understood a lot of that. So I definitely did have an opinion on what it, what should happen and should not happen. And my dad a, was a really sharp um, church planter back then. Now, I remember this is pre-social media. 
Uh, mm-hmm. This little teeny tiny church, Life Church, had just kicked off. This little teeny tiny North yeah. Point had just got going. <laughs> and the only way you knew about these guys is if you're in the right circles or reading the right, you know, um, like uh, they used to make these weird magazines. Every denomination had a little magazine they'd mail out to different people. Yeah. Like, so my dad had done his research. We had traveled around to some churches that to this, like now we're monster. Like everybody's listening to them. Um, and they were nobodies back then. So getting that exposure early on, um, and then let me cut to the chase on my dad's uh, and my mom's. And then again, the team, they, they had some people with them. Um, we, on, we launched with 272 people, which was just wow, unheard 90, of. 96, in 97, 97, 97, we launched wow. 272 people, metal folding chairs and an elementary cafetorium. Um, just, and it, it was, it was great. Now, I mean, <laughs> then, you know, the typical church plant story after that happened, but, um, but you know, so he, he, they had a good understanding of some things. We split some money into, you know, the mailers back when mailers actually mm-hmm. mattered because again, there's no social media, nothing digital. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I kind of had a hot take on, on things very, so, very quickly. So, uh, you were there for a season. Did you go from there to, Denver, kind of skipping ahead, or did you have a go between the your dad's church plant and then you moving to start your own church? Yeah, so ninety seven college came on his staff in two thousand two. Um, uh, obviously, years later, uh, I'd gone to college, I'd gone to flight school, I'd worked a thousand other jobs. I'm kind of a worker. I've worked since I was like twelve. Mm-hmm. So did all that, and eventually was like, okay, because I didn't want to go into ministry uh, at all. My brother did it, my aunts, uncles, and cousins, and grandparents, everybody else did it, and I was like, I, I'm going to go fire planes. Or well, if you wouldn't else. have gone into ministry, you would be doing what Gary V is doing now. So yes. I like to compare you to like the, the Christian Gary V. So I, I wish um, I would have got into it earlier that, like that. For those that don't know Swab, that's kind of uh, that's, yeah. that's the best comparison. And, uh, and he, he's really brilliant. Yes. And I taught him a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do like him a lot, actually. I really do. He's real sharp. Um, so, so 2002 came to ministry and then, yeah, fast forwarding ahead, 2007, got married, 2008 ish, told my dad slash pastor to, those are two roles. Um, yeah. told him, I think we're going to put my resume out, just see what happens. And then that started this chain of like where we're going to go, what we're going to do. We don't know. I have no idea. I don't have a college degree or seminary degree. Uh, I mm-hmm. wasn't coming from an elevation style church where everyone in the country knew me or something like that. I didn't have big names I could call and say, hey, you know, can I get a job? This was more like just straight up cold calling. Let me drop my resume on a, on a website and then hopefully somebody calls. And they did, which was weird to yeah. me. Um, and that's what ultimately led us in 2009. We moved to Denver, 10, Charlotte, and then, you know, that those dominoes just kept falling yeah. at that point. So before we get to Denver though, uh, you, you talked about like the typical church planter thing. So there's stats out there that I don't know if anyone can back it up. It's like 90% of church plants fail. Do you have any sense on like how accurate that is or what, what that looks like? I mean, these are probably mostly church planters listening right. and they've probably heard those stats before, but what, what do you, what's your take on that? Um, I mean, I think almost any stat, uh, especially in church world, is probably inflated a little. Um, <laughs> not that it's, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of crappy things and churches fail and all this stuff. Or, and some yeah. of them just quit. Like, I don't I don't call it a fail. Some people are like, hey, we're intentionally going into this as an exploratory thing, but mm-hmm. we'll move on to the next thing. And I don't think that's a problem either. There's just a lot of nuance in there. Um, so it's hard for me to, to wrap my head around certain stats. I think some things just preach better from a conference stage or sell a book, uh, or something like that. Um, so 
I tend to think it's a little more positive than it is negative. And again, that's because even when something does quote fail or somebody does burn out or whatever, that's okay. I don't, I don't always call that a bad thing either. Um, yeah. you know, I think a lot of it has to come, has to do with motivation though. So, gotcha. um, cool. and I know we'll get to my story, but we, we didn't launch our church in Denver, yeah, but we, yeah, we would was... never say we failed. And I can give you all the details <laughs> yep. on that, but like, we would never have said we failed, neither would anybody else. And the, yep. but we went into it with that mindset of, Hey, we're going to go, we're just, let's go explore something real quick. Yeah. Um, but we still went through yeah, all the church actually, process. That's super fascinating to me. That whole story is very fascinating that like you guys s- started to start a church that didn't yeah. start. Right. And so <laughs> I'm just curious, like, yeah, just man, walk us through that. You went from Texas yeah. to Denver yeah, how did that? I happen? wish more people would start a church to try to start to see if it'll start, and then don't start. I wish more people would do something like that. Yeah, and and that's okay. But a lot of people put their identity and ego into it, and that's why they're mm. like, "Oh, this is me," and if I don't do it, all my friends are going to be mad, or they're going to think I'm a failure. And I had just passed whatever age or status that is where that was a thing for me. So, gotcha. so in ninety, no, excuse me, in two thousand, uh, maybe maybe. Uh, six or seven, actually in seven, some friends in Colorado were planting a church, excuse me, long-term family friends. Like I was in diapers with these people kind of thing. And um, so their kids that were my age were starting a church and um, they sent us the, the little flyer. This is, Hey, here's, you know, send us money kind of thing. We got that. Mm-hmm. And so I called my, I told my dad, I was like, Hey, why don't we fly up there and support them? Like just coach them. We weren't experts by any stretch. We had a couple hundred people at the church, but we were passionate about it and we had started well. And so we thought we could tell them a few things. And again, family, friends. My dad actually is originally born in the Denver area. And so he had a connection to Colorado. So we're like, let's go up there. So we do and connected and, and helped them a little bit here and there. Gave them a thousand bucks or something like that. And then, you know, flew home. And then a couple of days later, I was like, dude, and I, I don't even know if I told my wife this, but I called that guy and I said, hey, what if I just moved to Colorado to be your executive pastor? <laughs> and I thought yeah. this dude was going to be like, that'd be amazing. Because every church planner is like, please come with me. Please help me. That, at least that was my experience. And and I thought this guy's going to be through the through the roof. He's going to be like, this is amazing. Absolutely. He goes, nah, I mean, listen, if God's t- called you to start a church, then you go start a church. But I don't, I mean, I got my vision going on. And so I just want to make sure you're going to fit that. And it was very underwhelming response. I was kind of mad. I was like, dude, I'm awesome. You need to call me. Like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and, and Are you still connected so, with that guy? Uh, no, I, I'm loosely connected. Like his, his wife is the family friend and he's yeah. married into, so I think that, we're Facebook friends or whatever. That, that church? No, they, they, they legitimately failed and, and more of the failure okay. sense, not moral failure or anything like that. Just more like, Hey, this didn't work. We suck at it. We quit. Now you they, didn't like send them a letter or anything and be like, Hey, I, I offered. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. I might, I might post a social media post later about it. Um, <laughs> you could have had all this, man. So, um, so anyway, but he said that, but the funny thing is when he said that it triggered something in me. I was like, man, I've, I've actually never thought about that. Never mm-hmm. thought about planting a church. And now all of a sudden it, I did. And so I credit him. I, he doesn't know that. And we, again, we were never really friends or anything necessarily, but, yeah. but you know, that just from that moment on, um, I credit that little conversation that I'll mention to like starting this domino that to this day still pays dividends. It's kind of funny. So, um, so I told my wife, I don't even think I told her that that's what I offered him because he could have said yes. And I would have had to tell her like, I guess we're going to Denver next week. So, mm-hmm. um, so we did, it, you know, we started that process of like, let's, let's explore doing a church. Now that was 2007. We ended up moving in June, 2009. So now this is where I feel like I was kind of built for this and kind of had some experience. Uh, I'm, 
28, 29 years old. So not the 21 year old, you know, graduate of Christian university with a lot of vision, a lot of passion, a complete like absence of knowledge <laughs> and whatever. Um, so, so I had a little bit of like understanding of generally how to connect with a human being and talk to a big giver or, or whatever, do some, do mm-hmm. some research. And so, so in that two year frame, we started like, Hey, this, this actually might be a thing. Now we explored doing multi-site of a dad's church, not because it was big and blowing up, but we thought, Hey, it's another expression. Let's go do that. I didn't know multi-site was a thing other than Ed Young up the street in Grapevine, about 20 minutes from our house was doing it, of course, and maybe some others. But again, this is pre-Instagram. I didn't have anything to compare to. And Twitter was still relatively new. So again, it's like, man, I don't know what's going on out there. So we actually thought, not that we invented multi-site, but we thought, oh, dude, I think this is a really cool idea nobody's ever thought of. And yeah. we we didn't do it. My dad said, no, that's a terrible idea. We're not going to do it. And um, <laughs> so we didn't. And that's good. But I had already built out, me and a friend of mine, we'd already built out what that would look like. Now, I didn't know 10 years later, I'm going to put that to work. Or three years later, I'm going to put that to work. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so we, we explored all that. And then all of this is leading towards this church plant. And so then once the multi-site thing was a dumb idea... Uh, we said, you know what, let's go to Colorado. And I don't remember how we got to Colorado specifically, but we said, we're going to do it. We're going to do it differently. We made up the prospectus that said, here's what you should do. And here's what it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. And here's how much you know you need to pay us. And then in that process, my resume landed on the desk of this goofy dude at Elevation Church. Now, Elevation's running 1,400 people at the time. Um, I get a phone call. I did not send my resume to them. Um, mm-hmm. My dad actually did. Uh, he had been searching, Googling or whatever and found this. And he said, oh, here you go. So I got this call from this dude yelling at me and he's telling me, come, come work here. What do you think about this? And honor, 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 culture, 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 and all these things. And I was like, who, <laughs> who the heck are you? Like, I don't even, how did, how did you get my number? You got your resume right here. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't, I still don't know who you are. And I was like, how, how big is your church? You know, like what, what's the deal? He's like, well, we're 1400 last week, but we're gonna have 2000 this week. And I mean, he was just all in. <laughs> And, uh, so that's how I'd heard of this little church or, you know, it was a good sized church, of course, but in Dallas, 1400 is not a big deal. Yeah. So I, uh, that's where I heard of elevation. That's obviously a key part of this whole story. But anyway, we, we had decided to go start a church. Uh, sorry, he, he interviewed me for a job. I did not get the job at elevation in 2007. Gotcha. But that's where the connection came from. I started to kind of pay attention to who this. Did you kind of take that as confirmation? (laughs) Did you kind of take that as a confirmation of like, oh, we're supposed to be starting the church? I should go start the church. Yeah, I didn't get that job. Uh, I had gotten interviews from Seattle. We had a church fly us to Seattle and I'm, I'm pretty Texan. Um, I don't, I don't have a Trump flag necessarily in my yard. I don't have the truck and you know, the, the two, you know, the big <laughs> exhaust pipes. I, I drove a truck in Texas. Yes. But I'm just saying, I'm not that Texas. My guy te- drives a Tesla. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan and I own a gun and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm, I'm fine with oil and all that, but I'm just saying like, I'm Texan enough to where it was. I thought it was weird that this Seattle church, which does lean in the complete opposite direction, actually called us and thought we would fit their culture. So anyway, that was a stretch for us. And we're like, holy crap. Okay, we'll go explore it and see what happens. I had a church in Pittsburgh call me. And it's funny, nobody in Texas called me. No, no church in Texas. Um, everybody on each coast was calling me. And, you know, it was just the weirdest thing. And, and none of those really need to work out. Some of them we turned down. And then through all of that, the elevation thing, all that led to this, like, man, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe we really should just go start a church and stop messing around with all this other stuff. And so we said, screw it. Let's go. We're committed to it. We're going to go to, we're going to go to Colorado and start a church. And then then that was a domino we tipped to, and we spent, we spent substantial time and effort on that. Like we studied, mm-hmm. we went to visit. I asked some friends to go with us who were at our current church. They all said, yep. Uh, so that was like, oh, that's easy. We started putting together on paper, how you build a church. I can build a church on paper for you in 20 minutes. Literally, it's not that hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. And which I know that, I know that actually doing the work is hard. 
but I'm still baffled these days. People can't even write out what their plan is. And that was like, boom, mm. done. Credo. And here's, here's kind of here's kind of what we're going to say and how we're going to do it. And here's the things we're going to focus on first. And here's the the order of step. Like all that just came to us. And we thought we did really, really well. Um, and then in 2009, we said, all right, let's, let's go. And then we moved. But here's the thing. During that whole church plant process leading up to the move, we had said this. And this was all very intentional. I still have... It's in the closet right in front of me here. I still have the yellow legal pad with my handwritten notes of how we were going to do all this. And then I actually have framed our prospectus that we would mail to. We printed like, I think 500 wow. of those. I have that framed with our church plant team and it hangs in the living room as a member, as a, like a Ebenezer, you know, like, Hey, yeah. this is a time that our life went from this direction to this direction. And everything good has come from that split you know, on the timeline, mm-hmm. so to speak. So it's a big deal. But during that time we said, we're going to, we're going to work at exploring this first, we're going to, we're going to commit to the exploration, not commit to the success. Meaning we're going to spend mm-hmm. a year here in Texas building towards it. And we did for a year, about 10 months, actually, we tithed to my dad's church that I was a part of. And then we tithed to our church plant that hopefully was going to be one day. And yeah. that was a non-negotiable. If you're going to be on the team and even part of the meetings at this little Mocha, uh, Mocha Lux coffee shop, then you were going to pay. Basically, you had to pay to come to our meeting, <laughs> you know, like tithe. Yeah. So we did that for a year and then we moved and we said, now we're going to move to Colorado for a year and we're going to spend a year assimilating into the culture. We are not going to be Dallas Cowboy fans anymore. We are mm-hmm. not going to be Texans anymore. We are not taking Texas there, which most people want to do. They want to take their traditional kind of Southern Baptist mindset of Kentucky or Tennessee or Texas and they want to go West and that's mm-hmm. fine, whatever. And maybe that works for some, but we wanted to go and be Coloradans, you know, or however you say that we wanted to yeah. assimilate into the culture. <laughs> we were Denver Bronco fans. All of a sudden we went to Colorado Rockies games. We actually lived downtown was our initial, or actually that's where we were going to go and live. None of us had kids. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's a different, different life. But, um, but that's what I mean when I said we were going to explore and go through the process of, of, of planting a church, not necessarily commit up front and over promise. And so mm-hmm. all of our letters were like, hey, here's what we're shooting at. Here's what we think we're going to do. Come along with us. But we never, we never decided we're going to be prophets telling the future uh, that yeah. on this day we will do X, Y, and Z. Millions will come to know Christ and it'll be amazing. Those are fine things to kind of say internally. But yeah. I think that's white noise, and I think too many people say that right now, and we all know. We could all name 100 stories right now of somebody that said that and couldn't make it pan out. And I think mm-hmm. it's at the end of the day because they were just – they were kind of high on vision. They are kind of yeah. drunk on hopes, and nobody yeah. ever decided to put feet to the pavement and be like, hey, but yeah, what are we doing right now though? And mm-hmm. we were just hyper-focused on the logical, and I don't know. I mean at the end of the day, I think you know God had just kind of given us that wisdom. So we never tied our ego to success. We only tied tied everything we did, our energy, not our ego. Our energy was tied to like what's next, not what could be. So. Yeah. Wow. So you guys, all right, so you're tithing to your dad's church. You're tithing yep. to to this future church. You're recruiting a team, it sounds yep. like. You move to Colorado. Mm-hmm. You're assimilating into the culture. But at some point in the middle of being there on the process, you're, you're doing the exploration. You're getting ready to launch this thing yeah. and you're going to be, you know, Swab city church or whatever you're going to call yeah. it. So <laughs> that would have, that would have worked actually. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only I mean, thing anything, that failed. <laughs> it's like anything city church just works. Oh, that's um, right. <laughs> so we got people listening right now and they're like something city church. Yeah. So that's, that's great. Right. We love you. My bad. <laughs> um, so you're in the middle of all that though. And then all of a sudden you, you, you don't start. Don't. Yeah. So wh- how how did how did that happen? Was that just a God thing? Was that like a, yeah. your wife was just speaking as the Holy Spirit? Like what what happened there? So um, 
Yeah, wife was actually a big part of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me let me go back and just say when 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 I put my resume out in 2007, uh, I think it was September of 07. We had been married just a few months. We got married in May, and uh, I put my resume out. And she goes, "Cool, cool, all right." And then literally a few hours later, I got the first call from Pittsburgh, and my wife broke down in tears. <laughs> oh wow! She's like, "Well, I knew we were gonna, I knew we were gonna go somewhere, but I just thought it would be like you know the other side of Fort Worth or something." <laughs> <Here> I, <laughs> Here I got a call from a thousand miles away, some multi-site church in Pittsburgh. And and uh, so now it became real to her. And the reason I tell you that story is because she's actually the one that rolled over in bed one night in Colorado and said, babe, why don't we just move to Charlotte? And it was this weird like flip of like just, you know, two years ago is like wow. the end of the world to think about. And now she's like, hey, I know we haven't even, <laughs> you know, basically warmed anything up here. Let's boom, let's bounce out to Charlotte. And so that was, that was weird. That was a God thing. Were y'all like watching Elevation online? Was, was there an online? Like, was that a thing? Yeah, there was some version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, more, more pre-recorded, you know, YouTube page type of things, not so much the live stream eFam type of thing they have now. Uh, and gotcha. we weren't, we weren't crazy eFamers. Again, we weren't Kool-Aid drinkers. This guy could preach. Mm-hmm. Nobody argues that. Uh, they had done some things. I was like, wow, I, I've always thought that and they are making it work. You know, you can do church without coffee in the lobby. No possible way. <laughs> and they're doing it. And I'm like, I told you we can do that. They weren't feeding everybody donuts. So I was like, oh my gosh, Pastor Stephen was focused on fitness. And I was like, no pastor supposed to do that. You're supposed to eat biscuits and complain about divorce. And here he yeah. is over here like fitness. <laughs> um, you know, so, so, so we paid attention to the, to the values and the excellence and stuff like that, but they definitely weren't drinking any sort of Kool-Aid of like, oh my gosh, this is my guy. I'm just too afraid to move across the country. And yeah. so, because again, they had done some things. Now, leading up to our church plant, leading up to the move, excuse me, in early 09, before we left Texas, um, they had done a, a sort of conferency thing in Charlotte. And Pastor even on his blog, uh, he used to have a blog. Like every Wow, that, a blog. Shows, that shows what year it's <laughs> in, man, right there. So yeah, I think from the beginning of 06, all the way through maybe 09 or even 2010, he actually had a blog that he would actually, I think, contribute most of it too. I, I don't, he, by the, at this point, he didn't have, you know, people doing that. So um, anyway, he did a contest on his blog. Hey, tell us what our church has meant to you. You know, we want to know how we're making an impact, how we can better serve you in the future, yada, yada, and let us know, and then we'll pick a winner, and we'll fly you out here for free for that conference. Well, we won that. Um, we, we put together a video, and took, we went to a buddy's uh, photo studio. Uh, he did like Olin Mills type pictures <laughs> and school photos, <laughs> but he had a full-on studio. So we went over there and recorded video for him and said, did hey, Did you take advantage this? of the Olin Mills style? Like oh, dude, your, I'll send you some your pictures, Your hand bro. on, on yeah, Lauren's oh, shoulder. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll send you some pictures. They're pretty good. Um, so so we, and we, I mean, we took a change of clothes. Like we, the whole team, there's like six or seven of us. We went over there and uh, we sent a video to him. Anyway, we won that contest. So he calls me on the phone. And it says, hey, got your thing. And months before, I'd actually sent him a letter, too, just not expecting to hear back. I even titled or said the letter, hey, dear Pastor Stephen and Pastor Stephen's email screener person. Um, <laughs> you know, I know you may not ever get this. I just want to tell you kind of what you mean to us. And this was all before I even knew the contest. I just sent him a letter out of gratitude. And I learned that from my mom and dad years before. That wasn't something where I'm just trying to get a hookup. Because, again, this is Elevation's nice and neat. But they weren't amazing compared to maybe a fellowship church or something else that I was used to. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so anyway, he, in that call, he referenced that, that email or he referenced that letter and it was a, it was a paper letter, like old school yeah. with the stamp on it kind of thing. <laughs> I sent a letter and he referenced, he said, by the way, I got your letter. I was like, Oh, you got that? I didn't even know you got that. He's like, Oh yeah. I read it to my whole staff. 
And it was, wow. he basically was a, you know, he didn't say this phrase, but he had taught to my whole staff. It's like masterclass on gratitude kind of thing. And it was a reference mm-hmm. that he used to say, you know, hey, this is this is how your church is making an impact. This is what I guess he was telling the staff. This is how your church made an yeah. impact. Here's a guy in Texas that benefits from us, yada, yada. So those things link together to be like, hey, now we're kind of not in with Elevation per se, but more like, hey, now we have some sort of contact and, you know, we have a friend, if you will, um, uh, a friend church, not not a, not a friend in Pastor Stephen specifically, but just the church. And so that that's just good to keep in mind, you know, like, hey, the, you know, these, you know, they're a distant mentor. They didn't send us any money, yeah. none of that kind of stuff. They're just a distant mentor. Uh, and I, I had an email or a phone call, or a phone number I could call if I needed something kind of thing. So we went out and me and me and one of my guys, me and, me and my number two guy at this wannabe church plant, um, who I had taught how to drive, introduced him to his girlfriend and actually preached their wedding. So this is the equity wow. I have with this guy. And yeah. so anyway, he um, he and I flew out to to uh, Charlotte for for that little conference thing and met some people and yada yada. Anyway, so we moved to Colorado though, and we go hard in for about six months. Um, but not hard into church planting, but assimilating, building connections, yeah. thinking like, wait a second, I don't think we're going to be able to say this particular churchy phrase. We're going to have to say it this way, mm. you know, because in Colorado, especially in Denver, it's cliche Denver. I mean, it's the weed and the, the skating yeah. and the snowboarding vibe and all of that. It's going to be liberal, a lot more liberal politically, you know, in, in, in uh, you know, maybe more the, I don't know, if I, in, as a generality, there's plenty of other people yeah. that, you know, vote right and don't smoke weed and all that stuff too but we we yeah. made sure we were assimilating into that culture did y'all said, like get jobs and everything yeah 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 i said we're not we're all getting jobs we're not we're not sitting in starbucks blogging that's not we're not going to be that church planning group we're all getting mm-hmm. jobs and we're still going to tie then we're going to do that we're going to get out and have fun but we did not have meetings every now and then i think we tried to hey let's let's try to have some version of normalcy like every wednesday let's get together in the apartment clubhouse and just kind of meet and we occasionally have a friend or two come over for that and we just kind of chat about what possibly could be. I might do a devotional, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we were really just doing life in Colorado. And I can't stress that enough. Now, I know if you're trying to make an income and you're the church planner, it's like, I got to start this church and people need to tie it so I can make a living. One, now we just determined who's driving. And that's mm-hmm. a problem. So in our case, we did not do that. We were not chasing a paycheck. And we also weren't spending money from our you know church plant you know fundraising. We had, we were, yeah. we had jobs so we could, so any church plant money, whether it be our tithes or any gifts that we came, that came from other people, we could save it to put it where it needed to go when we needed it uh, rather than, you know, all the other small stuff. We didn't go to a bunch of conferences. And if we did, it's because we paid for it or we had a hookup. Yeah. So we were saving a ton of money. And again, that plays in later, but so, uh, so anyway, we went hard in on that. That's what I mean for six months. Mm-hmm. We were in the culture. We were going to be the church before we were going to start a church and communicate church and all that kind of stuff. So we never once had a service worship experience. We didn't do a come and see night. We didn't do any interest meetings whatsoever. To this day, mm-hmm. I'm still a big fan of that thought, by the way. Yeah. So, um, but then in December, in December, um, we had only been there on the ground six or six or months or so. And I, I just thought, man, what if we just moved to Charlotte? I just thought that to myself, uh, not because it was Charlotte drawing us, but because we weren't really wanting or trying to start a church in Colorado. And again, nothing was bad. We had tens of thousands of dollars in the bank. We all had jobs. Mm-hmm. We were living the dream of like hiking every day in the mountains, going to Rockies games. It, it was fine. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, but we were like, dude, this is weird. So I just thought that to myself. Then I mentioned it to my wife. My wife rolls over in bed and says, why don't we move to Charlotte? And so then the next day or, or sometime that week, my wife and this other guy's wife were in Texas and we were at the airport picking the two of them up. They were coming back home from something in Texas. 
And we were sitting on this specific chair in the Denver airport. I remember it very specifically. I, every time I fly to Denver, I, I walk right past that chair and I see that. And I think this story all the time. And I asked him, I was like, hey, dude, let me ask you something. What if we didn't start a church? He goes, bro, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, whoa, wait, are you mad? Like, is it bad? He's like, no, I just thought it was really cool that we moved here. But I don't know that that's what God has for us long term. And then he and I kind of came up with this idea that God never called us to start a church. He called us out of Texas. And those are very mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. And I get goosebumps when I said that part, by the way. Nobody else will get goosebumps <laughs> on that, but I know a lot of details here. And you know, like in the Bible where God says, Abraham, go and I'll tell you where to, yeah, you know, we'll figure it out. Go and I'll, you know, go to the land. I'll show you eventually. And, you know, just trust me. Or like the Jonathan, like, man, perhaps the Lord act on our behalf. Yep. Well, we kind of, we kind of did that. Again, I told you up front, we were going to go explore the idea of starting a church. And we made some promises like, hey, we're not going to, we need money and we're not going to waste your money. But at the end, we weren't saying launch date or any of that kind of stuff. So, um, but you can't, you can't in 2009 or whatever, you can't, um, you can't have a plan. For, God can't tell you a vision and have a plan for your life without you being able to articulate it very specifically, or people think you're stupid. Now, I think God can do that, but yeah. we all know the world we live in, like that dude's an idiot. You know, he, yeah. he's not really going to go anywhere. I can't invest in that. Yeah. You, you need your own specific hashtag. Yeah. You got you to, gotta yeah, have, that's the only way it's got to have your to you. handle. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the city church thing, if you don't have the name or the hashtag or, or the credo or, or whatever it is that you have, then evidently God didn't speak to you. And that was yeah. the general vibe. I understand. But we were always opposite of that. You know, there's a shocker for people who know me that I'm the rebel, the, the black sheep here. But I was like, man, why, why do we need that? So do you think that be- that's something that that church planters in 2022, 23, whenever mm-hmm. people are listening to this, do you think that's mm-hmm. something people need like per- a permission slip? Like, hey, it's okay. Dude, to yeah. go and then yeah. not do it. Yeah. Yeah. Go explore it. Now, like, I think stewardship is a key though. Don't be asking for money, spending money on your vacation. Now, let me <laughs> be clear. We all had jobs. My yeah. wife had a job. I had a job. I walked to work. We had one car. We lived downtown. I walked literally in the snow uphill. And that's not a joke. It's a real thing. So did you but, sled home? Uh, yeah, well, there were times, there were times. I also was a valet. So literally sometimes we would take borrowed cars home, you know, somebody would take me home before they went to park the car. So, um, so, so yeah, I do think they need permission. I think people need to hear that. Like, Hey, if God's calling you to start a church, let's see, let's just see where you're ex- like, prove to me your concept first, you know, yep. throw, throw some words together that somehow make sense of what you're thinking you're going to do, not where you're going to be later, but what you're doing right now. Like, what do you, what, what's actionable, not what's mm-hmm. hopeful, not what's full of hype. Um, so yeah, that's really rare that that a yeah. guy would say we're going to move to this place and we're going to yeah. start this church, and then to say, hey, you know what? Actually, right. heard it wrong. Nah, you that's know, right. mm-hmm. that was that was not. I, I think yeah. I heard uh, Pastor Stephen say at some point, like anytime you have full faith in God, like it's, it's usually 60%. Like that's a good day. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah. Everybody's really like, yeah, everybody's got their percentage number, but it's like, if, if you're 51%, that's about as sure as you're going to be 60, 80. Yep. Sure. But no, you're yep. never a hundred. Um, yep. cause what is the opposite of faith certainty? Right. And mm-hmm. so if oh, I'm certain God called us to this, mm, now that makes me a little nervous. And, yep. and you see that, you see that plenty of churches out there, um, leaders and not even leaders in the church world, but elsewhere. So yeah, certainty is, is a dangerous thing. Um, so you're so, at the seat in the Denver airport, you pitched. So this we idea. said, we're not going to start. And that's where we both came with the idea. Like maybe God called us out of Texas cause he's got something mm-hmm. bigger for us later. And so that's how it took us a few hours to figure out that particular statement, but that's the idea. And I'll still tell people this day, God wants us out of Texas. 
And we needed to start a church or have that idea to get us to move. We weren't going to just randomly move for no mm-hmm. reason. So th- let me just wrap up where everybody went real quick. So that, so we, um, within a couple of months, within about a month or so, one of the guys, he moved back to Texas. Uh, and we're all still friends to this day, by the way, let me just clarify that we are all still friends. Yeah. We all still talk to this day. Um, one guy moved back to Texas and joined the Navy. He spent time on an aircraft carrier, met his wife, has a kid, and, and he's great. He's doing great. Uh, my kind of creative uh, guy, he and I would build websites, church websites together. We did church branding and stuff back in the day. We, we did all the videos, all that kind of stuff back in the day at my dad's church. And then on our own, on the side, we made some money that way. Well, anyway, that guy now works for Apple and all everybody with an iPhone uses the product he makes. Um, <laughs> and so he lives here in Austin, funny enough. Uh, but he left, he, he went to California and joined Irma McManus's church, a mosaic, uh, a couple of months later, I physically drove him out there with him and flew back. And, and cause I'm like, this is my team. So wherever they're going to end up, man, I'm going to, I'm going to help them out. So he and yeah. I drove out to, and then he ended up meeting his wife there and they're great. And they have a great two year old daughter now. And again, they live in Austin. So now we actually hang out again, which is crazy. We went kind of 10 years hiatus on that. And then now we're back together. So that's kind of cool. And then the guy I told you that was kind of my number two guy, uh, he and his wife, uh, that were the first wedding I preached there in Colorado. Uh, and then they ended up, uh, leaving Colorado after us. We, we left Colorado, to go to Charlotte a couple months later. Um, but they left, he joined the air force and his goal is to be on air force one as a, as a flight attendant for air force one. And he's well on his way. He's in Germany in the air force. He's coming back here and moving here later this summer. He's well on his way to be the air force one, uh, flight attendant. So like they've all wow. gone and done great things and all of them were, are, have that same picture. We framed yep. the book and the picture that I mentioned earlier. All of them have that and they'll all reference, Hey, that that didn't pan out like we thought it would, but that's the catalyst mm-hmm. that led us to all the other great things in our life. So that's kind of where everybody left. And that was the one of like, maybe God called us out of Texas, not called us to start a church. Now, if if you're yeah. moving and you're uncertain and you want to start a church, that's fine. Go do that. Don't hear me say that mm-hmm. go take up a love offering, go around in six months and pitch your church and then use that again to pay for your vacation or for you to figure <laughs> out what you're going to do in life. Don't do that. Don't do that at yeah. all. That's not the value here. Because here's what I did. Um, so those guys had all moved except for one guy, Daniel, and his wife, Casey, uh, the, the Air Force folks. Um, so we were the only ones left there in, in Denver. And um, But we had decided, hey, we're going to – I think we're moving to to Charlotte. And um, and my wife was a teacher, so she got paid through the summer, which turned out to be a blessing because she, she kept getting checks after my job ended. And yeah. that was our buffer to move us. So we had to wait for her to finish school year, obviously, in the end of May. So anyway, during that time between our decision and the time to move, I wrote a letter to every person who ever given us a dime. And I said, hey, listen, you you gave money and cre- contributed so that people, and I can't remember our exact statement, I, so that people in Colorado would connect with their creator. I think was we had like all the C's, you know, um, mm-hmm. connect with our, your, their creator uh, through, you know, X, Y, and Z church doing X, Y, and Z things. And so I said, that is still the case. So here's what we're committing to you. Number one, if you want your money back, I'll write you a check right now because we still had all the money. We didn't spend yeah. it. We'd spend a few dollars here and there, but we had all the money. So I said, yeah. I, will, I will refund anybody who wants it. Uh, just let me know. And then secondly, if not, what we are going to do is put all of that money towards this other church we had become friends with called, ironically, Elevation Christian Church <laughs> in Aurora, <laughs> Colorado. And that guy is still there, by the way. We are still friends. Uh, and they've been now a church for whatever, 10, 12 years or something like that. And uh, and so we said, we're going to help them. So we kind of finalize their logo, their website. We use our money to buy their like first time guest shirts and connection cards and all that. Cause we were good at the design stuff. We were good at that yeah. stuff. So we did all that. And then I think we wrote them a check as well and we cashed out and we were done. We officially closed everything down and then spent the next few months in Colorado, just living life, preparing to move. 
Uh, and then that's what took us to Charlotte. So, wow. So that, that even goes really, I think with the theme of this entire podcast and every episode we've had thus far of the whole one size fits none, like it really yeah, does. It really does. One size does not fit all. And, right. and even the secondary theme of just like, just do what God tells you to do. Just that's do right. whatever God tells you to do, do it. And if it falls within the four steps of whatever organization, that's great. Yeah. If it yep. doesn't, that's great. Yep. If it's if it's you taking up money to, for the church plant to launch in a in a facility, that's great. If great. it's a school, that's great. If it's to move to Charlotte, that's great as well. That's great. Yep. So you get to this point and you're moving to Charlotte. Yep. You have no guarantee yep. of a staff position at Elevation Not at all. Baptist Church, <laughs> and so so you have you have no guarantee of that at this point. Is that right? So. You get true. there, walk us through your whole move. Yeah, so we just decided to move, um, and uh, and that was it. Now, again, in that time, we had a couple of connections. We made friends because we did go visit, like, hey, let's go check out and see if if this is where we want to move um, for whatever reason, if it's going to work out. And and we spent whatever little personal savings money we had to, to make that trip. And so we said, all right, we're going to go. So we picked a day and my wife finished school. The very next day we drove, uh, spent our, I don't know what it is, our, what was it, our second or third anniversary, I guess our third anniversary on the road in Topeka, Kansas, driving across no man's land to Charlotte, 1,546 miles door to door. <laughs> and we um, we rolled in on well, a Friday. Hold on, hold on right there. Yeah. So, yeah. so y'all moved to Charlotte, not because you love the Carolina Panthers, you moved there because there was something going on with this church. Is that yeah. Right? So yeah. So that's a good point. So we, I, I had been to Charlotte, I think twice again for just for the church conference or whatever, um, fine town, whatever. But it wasn't. Yeah. There was nothing drawing us there except elevation, and they didn't call and invite me. I invited myself, yep. and um, and we felt like I was moving us there, but we didn't know why. We didn't know what. I mean, I was hoping they'd hire me because again, I'm awesome. I'm like, man, come on, chunks. You know, the executive <laughs> pastor over there. I was yeah. like, chunks, you, you'd be dumb not to hire me. Come on, this is great. And so, and they didn't seem to agree with that for a long time. So, um, uh, so yeah, we moved just to be a part of the church. Uh, so we, and, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, they were doing things that I thought were great and possible, but I'd always been told no. Again, like coffee and donuts is a good example, a silly example, but you can't, yeah. you can't possibly grow a church without coffee and donuts. That's how you're relevant. <laughs> That's how you build community. Right. Yeah. And that's just one of many, many examples. And I was like, wait a second. So I had thought all these crazy nutty things. Now I found this church that's doing all those things and making it work. And I was like, okay, we're, we're just going to go there. And yeah. so we did. And that's what that's what took us over there. So we rolled in on a Friday. We went to church at the Matthews campus on a Saturday night. At, I think they did at the time of 4 and a 6 p.m. And then um, then we went to 5 a.m. on Sunday morning to a high, Providence High School, which is where the main campus was for for many years and we showed up and we started serving right then and there and just jumped full in and um and they thought we were weird they were like that's dumb yeah. nobody actually moves across the country for a church so let's keep an eye on them they're creepy they're weird and they, <laughs> they actually said that to each other um my boss it was probably nine years in eight eight years in being on staff and he admitted that to everybody at our annual staff advance with 500 people in the room <laughs> And I was like, see, it took them eight years to come around to just admit it. But they thought it was weird. Now, of course, in my mind, I'm like, wait a second. Are you not smoking what you're selling? You're like, hey, be yeah. a part of the church and grow and do what God has you to do. And we're like, we'll move 1,500 miles for it for free. And they're like, yeah. that's weird. They're they're just here for a job or whatever. So it was a funny <laughs> little rub for a while. And that's literally, according to them, uh, one of the main reasons that I couldn't get a job for the longest time because they're waiting for me to quit. They're waiting for me to 
to see my church plant in Colorado as a failure, to use elevation budget and platform to then help me fix that. That's what they were all waiting on. Mm. It, because that's what many church planters, including some listening to this, do. And mm. they're like, oh, it didn't work there. Let me go to that church. I'll be a campus pastor. And then I'll bounce out with a budget and do it again or tell them all everything I know. So I can understand. Yeah. I mean, I, you know me, I'm, I'm pretty certain. I have a certain tone to me. So I can understand yeah. I come across that way. But that's definitely, definitely what they were worried about. And so it took them 10 months to give me a job. And uh, it was, wow. it was an entertaining so 10 So you're months. setting up, you're doing, I mean, are yeah. you on like a greeting team? You yeah, know, we jumped in the cars. first day. I'm like, put me wherever. And I started in the parking lot. I was are like, you changing I'll, I'll diapers? Like you'll do anything. I would do anything. Now I even asked about the diapers. Of course, legally, they wouldn't let us do that. Uh, yeah. Not, not men. Uh, but so that was, that was, I was like, fine, whatever. So my wife jumped into kids and she ran a lot of kids ministry teams or what for years um, and made a lot of great friendships and relationships there. Uh, that we still have to this day, of course, it started from that first, first Sunday, first couple of Sundays. Yeah. Um, so let's but fast yeah, I started forward. The then. Yeah. You, you started there and then you, you do get the job. Mm-hmm. And what, what job did you initially get at Elevation? Um, so I bugged them for a hundred different jobs because every job opening okay. that would come up, I'm like, come on, I would be great for this and this and this. And by this point, Lauren's pregnant. I'm like, well, frick, we got to pay for that. So this is mm-hmm. going to be a problem. So, um, so eventually got hired to do two jobs. Um, it's good for everybody to know that Elevation had millions of dollars in, in the budget at this point. So it's a large church with a large budget. However, the reason, one of the main reasons Elevation financially works the way it does even to this day and people gloss over this fact is that it's managed very well from the financial stewardship side mm-hmm. so a maxed out budget in elevations case is not a good idea i 100 percent agree with that so um so that being said everybody did two jobs uh everything was like well you're doing it as a volunteer why do we need to pay anybody like i'm not yeah. if you're already doing it what what, what do we check what do we get if you if we pay you you better really deliver so that being said, I, I got a job doing expansion. Uh, they called me. Uh, I was going to be the global global site director, Elevation Global Director, which was this theory that people around the world wanted Elevation Church because they did. People kept calling all the time. They're like, "Hey, I guess we got to do something about it." And I was a I was a solution to that problem, to that phone call mm-hmm. that everybody kept making. And then the reason they were going to justify it was I was going to be, for all practical purposes, the associate campus pastor at the new broadcast campus that was just a few months old, running four thousand people overnight. So. Um, and so for all past purposes, I was that my title was guest experience coordinator, I think. Um, but I operationally, I, me and another guy, we ran the broadcast campus before there was an army of people that there are now. This is all just kind of mm-hmm. like, Hey, again, we can do five staff for 4,000 people. Sure. No problem. And that's how it yeah. went. And then in a couple of days a week, I would do the global thing. I'd essentially answer a phone call that says, we want elevation in Lancaster, Ohio. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> Whatever that means, I'll, we'll try to figure yeah. it out. And so my job was this, and this is what Chunks uh, told me, our executive pastor. He said, um, he asked me this as a volunteer months before. He said, hey, if you were going to grow the church to 100,000 people, what would you do? And uh, he said, no, no, just take, take, take a couple weeks, email me. But I emailed him that afternoon. And long story short, what I emailed him is what ended up becoming our expansion process for the next nine or 10 years. And then a couple months later when he hired me, he said, Hey, remember that thing you wrote? That's what I'm hiring you to do. I'm just needing to pay for it essentially by you keeping your role at the broadcast campus. And so those are my, those are my two jobs. Problem is within a year, not even within a few months, the, the expansion thing really exploded. And, um, and he's like, well, Frick, I guess that's your full-time job. And then, so for those that don't know what that, that whole expansion role entailed, we just kind of talk about all right. It's basically, from my understanding, at least, it's like you you 
you were a part of starting 79 campuses outside of Charlotte (laughs) or whatever it is. Yeah. So we just kind of talk about that experience and how you went about that because it's very similar to Mm -hmm. planting a church. Yeah, I think um, it's very, very similar. We'd love to hear some of that. Yeah, so people would call and say, hey, we want elevation in our town. What they really meant, by the way, is I want Stephen Furtick to be my Facebook friend. And to this day, that's what <laughs> most people mean with any church when they're like, hey, I want such and such here. No, no, no. I love Andy Does Stanley. he have a I Facebook, by the way? <laughs> not, not his own Like Facebook. a personal <laughs> Facebook? He doesn't, no, okay. no. I don't think he ever had. He's been very disciplined to not jump into that cesspool <laughs> of, okay, all right, of all arguments right. and debates. So he's usually been pretty good about that. But um, so... Um, but that's what most people mean it, with, you know, I want, I want a Hillsong here. I want a, a life church here or whatever that, what they mean is, I mean, maybe me and Brown Houston will be friends or, or whatever. So yeah. that's what they really meant. And it was my job to, first of all, just invent all this and figure out what that even was going to turn into. Like we didn't have, nobody gave me direction. My job description for 10 years was a hand motion of like, yeah, go figure it out. And no, <laughs> no real budget. That's true. I mean, I, I mean, I had a budget on paper, but there was never a time I had any lack or need because we're inventing something. I, my department, Pastor Stevens, the one who gave it this kind of language in a meeting one time, it was essentially the R&D department. He's mm-hmm. like, what is Elevation going to be long-term? I, I don't know. This global thing is kind of the experiment of that. So fast forward, Elevation Online as it exists today and a lot of the science behind it really kind of came out of that. Uh, TV ministry, which then morphed even more so into online, a lot of that came out of what we learned in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's 11-ish campuses outside the city of Charlotte, I think to this day, that all came from this. And they're full-on campuses not autonomous church plans. So yeah. yes, my job was to figure all that out. So all that to say, uh, people would call from some town and I would have to vet, nah, you don't really want it for the right reason. Some people would say the right things uh, and then they would start it for the right reason. And my job was to help resource them with vision, culture, um, discipline, direction. Yeah. I, I would chop down a lot of stuff and say no, no, no to a lot of things so that we could stay focused on what we do. And then those were the ones that then would morph into something bigger and better. Yeah. Now, to the 700 number or whatever you said earlier, the joke. The first year was, these are never going to be anything. It's small mm-hmm. groups outside of town. So uh, there was literally a small group on the USS Wyoming is a uh, nuclear submarine. There was, I would mail them DVDs, six months worth of DVDs that they would take underwater with them. That's a true story. Uh, wow. USS George Washington, I believe, is a uh, aircraft carrier. And so they would carry DVDs with them. This is all back in the day we'd mail DVDs. Um, so there, there was that kind of a thing and then people all around the world, people in other, obviously other States were a lot easier. Um, and then they were never meant to grow. The problem is if I did my job well and they did their job well, they would grow and you couldn't argue. Like you can't tell people not to grow at the same time you're telling them to go live out the vision. Like those are, those are contradictory. So then, uh, it was 10 months in, I wrote a really long 45 page report because I had 45 active extension sites that were quote good. Um, and then there were dozens of others that we were like, never mind, y'all just need to quit. So I wrote this long report and each of them, each of the sites were detailed. And then we said, well, crap, we're going to do something about it. And in that meeting, we came up with our apprentice program that built the leaders, the campus pastors that most of the guys that anybody on this podcast should follow and do follow. They came out of that meeting or they mm-hmm. weren't, they weren't in the meeting, excuse me. They, they came out of the process that we built and instigated in that meeting. Um, that was like, well, how, how are all these locations going to be led and staffed and all that came out of that. And that's where we moved from all these random wannabes around the country to let's make this an actual strategy and start campuses. Now, let me jump to the, it's related to church planning thing. Yeah. I think camp or starting campuses and starting churches is very, very, very similar. Um, uh, in, in so many ways, I think some of the main differences are campus pastors in most, in most cases 
um, and some of them probably get offended here, but are project managers. I don't mean that they're not smart. And in some cases they'll preach more than at other churches. I get that. Yeah. But you were operating somebody else's vision. And to an extent that's true. Um, and that's not necessarily bad if you take ownership for the fact that it is your town though. And most people mm-hmm. don't. Most people think they're just sent there as a project manager and then three months later they'll get a promotion to the next campus or whatever. So I flipped that for my campus pastors. I was like, hey, listen, you're moving to that town and just pretend you're going to be there for life. You yeah. are the number one person in that town. You need to know the mayor in that town. You were going to, just like all the things I would have done as a church planner. You're mm-hmm. talking to big givers. Pastor Stephen's not mailing them a letter and say, hey, tithe to my guy up there. He's not saying that. Yeah. You have to do that. So I would train them all like church planners, and I would tell them my stories over and over and over of what I did and how it worked to build relationships here or do that. So to me, the main differences are campus pastor has obviously a budget that church planners yeah. typically don't have. And in our case at Elevation, they didn't have to do preaching, whereas obviously you got to you know, spend 10 to 40 hours a week or whatever coming up with something intelligent to say every week. And that is a heavy load I get. But what if you could um, what if you could not overthink that part? Uh, what if you could budget and be good stewards on the front end, uh, then try to mitigate some of that, and then you can still start a church and learn from campus planters, and then campus planters very much can learn from church planters. And mm. so I, I definitely think my church plant history, uh, both with my dad's church and then what I was able to go through, made me successful at the campus launch side of it because I wouldn't let them have excuses. Because yeah. my guys, so let, me, let me say the context, I guess I think we glossed over this too fast. My job was to start Elevation outside of Charlotte. This isn't mm-hmm. down the street. Our first one went to Toronto. Then we got Florida <laughs> and Virginia and all these different places. It wasn't like down the street 20 minutes where we all had a central office. So yeah, in you're that like case, parachuting in. And yeah. in oh, some yeah. cases, you didn't have name yeah. recognition or branding. Exactly. I mean, this no, is not early days. Not at all. Yeah. And th- so that's even a good point. See, people think that we had, oh, well, we just put up an orange sign and everybody comes. No. We'll just say Furtick's name and everybody come. No. So that's very similar to a church plan. Well, you don't yeah. understand Elevation has this name brand. No, no, no. Not if you're trying to reach lost people, they don't. But if you're trying to get <laughs> yeah. other people from other churches, then yes, just like you and your church plant. If you're trying to get other yep. people from other churches, well, then yeah, name recognition and all that stuff. But that's irrelevant. So that's where, again, church planting was very similar to my version of campus planting, at least, because it's like, we're going to go reach lost people. That's no different than church plant. So yeah, they're parachuting in with limited access. Again, we didn't mail them a million dollars. We didn't say, here's 10 staff, go make it work. Some churches do that. We don't do yeah. that. Um, and so it's very, very similar. And, uh, and I think that's why those guys to this day are, are still some of the best, most nimble, most flexible, because they had to, they had to build something. They didn't just operate something. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not talking to any of the guys that are in the town of Charlotte, for example, at Elevation or other campuses that do this, other churches, because I'm friends with all those guys and they yeah. do heavy lifting too. I just don't want to say that campus planting is so much easier than church planting or that they're so different that you can't learn from each other. And, uh, but man, this it's been is, real that's helpful. like... That's your specific, yeah, specific vision. Because outside of, I mean, the the campuses you started, yeah. you told them essentially you're a pioneer. This is your baby. You're and, a pioneer. Nobody's and, going with uh, you. Everybody's going to shoot at you, just like a church planner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody's going to complain about what you have to say. Um, the only difference is, and this this is helpful from a peace of mind standpoint. The difference is, well, you'll have a paycheck tomorrow, and yeah. we'll co- we'll cover your insurance. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. I mean, but yeah, you're a, a pioneer. That's definitely. A, Definitely think. Yeah, because um, that's a that's a weight you guys carry if you're church, planting a church. You, you know, I understand you don't have that, but it, there are ways to, and you know that there are, and yep. specifically you know that there are ways to go into it with funding correctly, um, yeah. where where you can uh, not make your emergency, you know, and your problem and your lack of planning everybody else's problem. Yep. So. Well, that's something that I've written down a bunch of different things that you've said so far that 
eventually in one size fits none the podcast we're gonna get to some ranty kind of things and there's been so <laughs> many ranty there's been so many times we could go on some of yeah, Swift's no uh, awesome rants so like i've got like balance margin gratitude yes you, you talk about not having meetings yes um the who's driving the money or the vision that's a yep. huge one that happens especially church plants yeah um moving where there's a great church rather than just moving where there's a great school. Like that's yes. for somebody that's listening right now. That's not a planter. Yeah, Man, look right. at the churches in the area. You're going to find one for your family or you just going right. for a good school. You can find a good school in almost any city. Mm-hmm. Um, financing, stewarding, budgeting. Well, all these things are things that you have uh, significant insight into. Mm-hmm. And w- one thing I, I, before we get out of here, I really want you to talk about, yeah. Something that is super counterintuitive that's a part of your story that I think ha- ultimately led you to where you are now, coaching planters, uh, consulting with churches, the whole nine yards, is a few years ago, you moved to Orlando. Yeah. And when you moved to Orlando, you weren't necessarily climbing, quote unquote, ladder of ministry (laughs) that most people would would say oh if i'm gonna move or take another step it's got to be up and you accomplished a mission and then Mm -hmm. talk to us about that because that's super counterintuitive to american culture christian culture Mm -hmm. the whole nine yards yeah it is weird um but it's probably definitely yeah it's probably my favorite part of the story of my story um so in well, so a long time ago, like I'm just getting started in finding these leaders. So let me just drop some names that everybody would know now, or they could look up now, like a Greg Bosch uh, mm-hmm. or Dustin Stradley, you know, for example. So I'm, I'm talking to these guys who are nobodies. And I was a nobody too, for sure. But I'm just saying, we're just Well, like, and those are guys that no one else believed in. No one saw, believed in. You saw in. something in them, no. and now they're like running things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Greg's over all the campuses there, and he's, just, you know, one of the smartest people there. And maybe elsewhere too. He's a smart guy, but don't, don't tell him I said that. But uh, we'll we'll mute that part out, uh, <laughs> but yeah, him and, and Dustin and, and and plenty of others, uh, even Jonathan Josephs at the broadcast campus was not not the number one pick that year in the draft at all, and yeah. uh, but now he's running broadcast for years. So so yeah, so back then, but when I was talking to these guys and some of those I had found, like they they were my guys. Um, I I was operating from this place of I don't want to pick anybody that I'm not willing to one day report to. Why would you want to build a leader that will always be under you? Then you're the lid. You're the cap. And not only that, but you're the one that has to do the running. If you're the pace setter, dear Lord, somebody's always pushing you. Geez, that sucks. So I, I just operated from that philosophy. I'm going to build leaders that I'm willing to one day report to. Um, because mm-hmm. one of these days that's going to behoove me, right? They're going to yeah. be above me making decisions that hopefully are going to benefit me in the right way. And so I want to speak into that. So I proactively spoke into that. So a long story short now moving to Florida, 2019, we flip all that. I'm like, oh, okay. And I started to become a little bit restless because I'd become, the way I'd say I was a builder who became a bureaucrat, meaning I had built Mm. all these campuses and a privilege was I started to inherit them. They all reported to me. Yes, that was good. But now I'm in meetings and doing the things I'm not really good at and don't really enjoy. Or when I'm in a meeting, I, I might enjoy the meeting, but people don't enjoy my my opinion in the meeting. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's not what you say, Sweb, it's how you say it. And it was that kind of thing. And so that it all got to the point of like, man, I'm a builder. I'm a frontiersman. I'm a pioneer. I need to be out, you know, on the frontier. And so that it's kind of leading to this restlessness of, I, I think I've kind of completed this mission. And you do something else. So I went and asked my boss, hey, can I can I just do something else? And um, so again, long story short, um, I asked for a demotion. I was like, can I move to Florida? 
And they thought I was nuts because nobody, like you said, nobody voluntarily takes a demotion. Nobody asks for it. It's one thing to be offered it. And you're like, oh, I'll take one for the team. No, no, I am asking for it. And they thought it was weird. They, they thought I was quitting and moving. And doing. I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I just, can I, can I just move there? And after a lot of weird like eye rolls and head shaking, a couple of days, whatever it was, they're like, frick, I mean, I guess. And so I ended up moving to Florida with the family, obviously. <laughs> I said, hey, babe, we're going to move to Florida to start Elevation Orlando, which was the 20th campus, which would be not my 11th that was kind of under me, um, and the 11th outside of Charlotte. So again, all those were generally something I was a part of. And mm-hmm. so number 20, though, was going to be, I was going to do on on location, <laughs> but I'm not the campus pastor. So I moved down there and Chunks and um, my other boss, Josh, best boss I've ever had in my entire life, by the way. So they, he said, um, they said, wait a second. So you want to report to Peter, who's the campus pastor over there, also still a good <laughs> friend to this day, literally texting me during this recording. Um, he, I said, uh, he said, you want to go, re- you like report to Peter? I was like, well, no, that's not the thing, but I'm willing to do that. We're friends. I mean, I'm the one who hired the guy, put him in there and developed him. Yeah, I'm, I can, I know what I'm getting into. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> I picked and built a leader. So I know what I'm getting into. So I'm happy to report to him because I know where his wisdom came from. I know where his knowledge comes from. I know his operating tactics are. Yeah, yeah, please. I'd rather have that than just rolling the dice somewhere else. So we moved down there to do that. And I became his groups and outreach person. Uh, of course, we did that for a couple of, couple of weeks and then COVID hit. So, yeah. and then we stayed on the staff. But the point is we moved down there to do that um, and support him in that team and uh, and take a demotion because we knew we knew, um, yeah, we knew what God had called us to do, which is build the church, and we were doing that. But it wasn't to climb the ladder. Yeah. And so I, I voluntarily took an emotion, moved out, did something else. Greg, like I said, took he he and a few other guys kind of took all the things I'd done and split those up. And that that whole position looks way different than what I had. Nobody does what I did, uh, and that's yeah. true. Anytime somebody leaves, never mind. Yep. We're not going to replace it. We're going to keep doing different versions of that. So Greg now oversees all campuses, and 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 you know Dustin now lives in Florida, and he's Peter's boss, and all these different things, and. Uh, and so, but in that time though, with COVID and then I had gone down, Orlando had launched to become very, very good and successful from a few different metrics, not just size, but like a lot of just mm-hmm. healthy metrics. Um, we were like, Hey, this is it. I think we completed our mission. And that's yep. what my resignation letter said. Hey, we completed a mission. If you, if you have another mission for me to build, call me back. I'm, I'm down. And we stayed at the church for a year before we moved to Texas. So elevation yeah. is great. But, um, but yeah, we had completed a mission. And said, we're done. My job wasn't to climb the ladder and bounce from executive role at a church to another executive role at a church from yep. 70 to 80 to 90 grand to bounce, bounce, bounce. It's like, <laughs> who can I build? Who can I help? Because I have experience in building stuff, people and teams and the yep. church and campuses. How can I do that again? And we didn't set out to do this because we didn't, when we resigned, I didn't have a job. I had no clients. I wasn't, I didn't have a website. It wasn't like that was my goal. My wife mm-hmm. and I and the kids even, we were in Montana and we just prayed and like, man, God said, hey, you're done. With this, yep. with this mission, not, you're not leaving the church. You're just leaving the staff. Yep. And, uh, and then within literally hours after sending that resignation notice, um, I got clients, people calling me and said, Hey, would you do, Hey, do you happen to have, do you happen to do consulting? I was like, well, 20 minutes ago, I suddenly became available. <laughs> yeah. And that's literally how my first client came about. And then that became like this thing. I'm, I'm going to build the church, but I'm not trying to climb the ladder. No offense to anybody mm-hmm. who wants to do that and sees that as their job. It's like you become the youth guy who becomes the administration guy who becomes the lead pastor, right? There's that, yeah. that you're supposed to do that in all the denominations. And my, my job wasn't, I didn't ever want to be a preacher at a conference. I wasn't trying to start yeah. a church to get to that magical thousand number so I can write a book and have a blog and be at a conference. Those are all fine things. I just yeah. wanted to build people who built teams, who built the church and that ultimately panned out. And hopefully I'm still doing that. Yeah. So I don't want to gloss over a couple of things you said yeah. is one, you said that like, it sounds like your purpose is to build the church. Right. And then another thing you said was that your mission was accomplished. 
And yeah. in my opinion, that that just fits so perfect. And what you're what you're doing now mm-hmm. is you you are quite literally helping people accomplish missions, and you're moving yeah. on and continuing to build a church from church to church to church to church. Right. And uh, I know for us at Heart and Soul in Knoxville, we we've had you in twice now, mm-hmm. and uh, to consult and then also just to coach our team and yeah. uh, volunteers. And I can say from personal experience that our church is, I think when you came last, I texted you that we're three years ahead of where we would have been had you nice. not come in yeah. and just said things that I wish I could have said, but I couldn't say at that point in our church plant. Yeah. And you said those things and, and it comes with like, it comes with a weight that you, you don't just get. Uh, yeah. It comes with a weight of experience and, you know, your, your, your past and all the different things. But then also the coaching side is huge too, because like, you know, we're on weekly coaching calls and mm-hmm. I, seeing things that I don't see, you know, um, yeah. and things I don't know and helping coach me along in that has been extraordinarily helpful. And so I think that, you know, your whole life seems to have been pointing towards this place where you are now yeah, and building the church accomplishing missions, completing missions. And yeah. so there's lots of church planters listening to this right now. And this isn't like a sale on, you know, bring Sweb in or anything like that, but it <laughs> kind of is because it like, I mean, this whole one size fits none thing is so true for every single church. And you need somebody with outside eyes to help you see that mm-hmm. there's things that you just don't know that you don't know. Yeah. And you, you're able to help people with that. So right. I'd love for you to just to wrap it all up. Yeah, is let people know what you do, how you help church plants specifically, and how they can get in contact with you, get you into their church, or on a phone call, Zoom chat, whatever it may look like. Cool. Yeah. No, I appreciate all those words, and you know, I love your church for sure. Um, I mean, quick, quick uh, point is to go to stephenpweb.com. I'm spelled Stephen with a ph. Stephenpweb.com. Or you can find all those links on Instagram or TikTok or wherever. You'll find a link to me somewhere. Um, but yeah, what I like to do, and I feel like I found the most success, is walking alongside with people for a bit. So that's why that's coaching. You know, you you bring a coach in to hang with you over time. So weekly calls or a monthly contract for a couple of months or six months or whatever. Um, but I also, like you said, do consulting, which is that fly in, fly out. Hey, come put your eyes on this. Tell us what we need to fix, and then we'll call you six months later. That's a consultant, and they're two different roles. One person can mm-hmm. do both, of course, but those two different roles and I'll do, I'll do both of those. And then, you know, I do a lot of secret shopping stuff or, you know, one church asked me to come in, Hey, will you build an, uh, an online campus for us? Yep. So we did that. Uh, that was a yep. project based type of thing. So we do some of that or an internship maybe, or how do you hire people? Hey, will you sit in and help me hire these guys? Yep. I can do that. I hire pretty solid people. Um, so, so I, I do a little bit of that, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's like, it, it, well, I'll say it this way. Everything I do is more custom custom built. It's, it's craftsmanship. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not a formula. One thing I don't do, and maybe this hurts my business, but one thing I don't do is like, here's the five steps to the sweb method of planting. <laughs> like, cause there's not, yeah. there's not a one size fits all thing. There's no formula. I know that we sell handbooks that say you're supposed to do this. And if you just did these four things and said the same four vision statement things, it'll work. That's fine. Um, but we know that it's incomplete is my point. And yeah. so, so my thing is I'd love to coach people, walk alongside them for a time and help them craft art, build something yeah. custom. Now custom costs more, 
takes more effort, takes more energy, takes more investment, but just like your custom cabinets or your custom car, like, but that's the stuff you want to tell everybody about. It's the thing you give your life to, mm-hmm. and it's the thing that pans out long-term. And that, that's what I prefer to do with people. So hopefully they yeah, find I mean, even on this, that. even on this podcast, if, if Alan Kendrick and Trent Travis went and tried to start the same exact church in the same exact way, it would not oh, yeah. work. It's the yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, you go listen to those two podcasts. And if you haven't, right. you should. Yeah, that's right. That it just they're totally different people, and that's, that's right. where a coach comes in and helps that's right. to discover who you are, <laughs> Dude, how you're wired, those, all the stuff. <laughs> those two guys are night and day different. <laughs> I mean, both successful, do, doing great things, but I, mean, they, yeah. I can't even imagine them in the same state. That's so. Oh funny. man, so crazy, so crazy. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, StephenPWeb.com, Stephen with yeah. a PH. Um, you do have a cool story. Somebody will have to ask you over the phone about doing a wedding as Pastor Steven from Elevation, and they thought it was a different <laughs> Pastor Steven. And this and is why people call me Sweb. <laughs> That's right. Do not call me Pastor <laughs> Steven. It's very underwhelming. <laughs> oh, man. So that's great. That's great. Uh, any parting Any parting shots? Any parting words? Uh, man, I just talked to the church planner. If God calls you to start a church, do the last thing he told you to do. Whatever it is, just keep doing that. And don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to be the next name. Nobody cares about your book. Let all that be a byproduct on the back end. Mm. Uh, but just do the last thing God called you to do and you're going to wake up one day, pick your head up, look at the horizon and be like, holy crap, how did we get here? We did a lot of great things. God's still using us. But that's how that happens, you know? Um, so just just keep, keep doing what you do. Let's go. Awesome conversation and uh, we'll see you guys next time on One Size Fits None. Thank you. See you all.